and welcome to the What If Movie Podcast, the movie podcast that simply asks, what if? My name is Josh. My name is Bryce. And my name is Hannah. That was weird, guys. Well, your name is harder to do that little (laughs) kind of dip into and come up out of. But that's okay. We still like you, and you can still be on the podcast. Oh, boy, thanks. Josh and I talked about it earlier. It's okay. And today we're going to be talking about... What if Troll Hunter was made by a major U.S. studio? This is Troll Hunter, singular. Right. Yes, this is the 2010 Norwegian film, Troll Hunter. Which probably means this episode's not going to get a whole lot of listens right away, because probably not a lot of people have seen this movie. I hope they have. Well, I hope it, it encourages them to go watch Yeah, it. because in my opinion, and I know this might come up later, I, I suggested this movie because I really like this movie. I really do. Yep. Um, and I first, I first saw it, um, I think Hannah and I were just scrolling through Netflix, as one does, as we spend much of our you know Friday or Saturday night, Saturday night doing, just trying to find something to watch. And we saw Troll Hunter, and we're intrigued. This was probably in like 2012 or something. Um, and we watched it, and we liked it. And this, for us watching it for this podcast, was maybe our third watch, actually. Yeah, third or fourth, maybe. Really? Yeah. And you get something out of it each time? Some enjoyment. That's yeah. It. We, yeah, we get the exact same thing out of it each time. Yeah, it's okay. Like, I mean, it's not like an in depth discovery type movie. It's the same thing every time, but I yeah. still like it. Yes. Yeah, I would not necessarily say that this is like a great or groundbreaking movie by any means, but I would say that I like it because I do. Well, all movies are subjective, so there you go. It, Except for Prometheus. <laughs> Go back into the archives and find out why not. <laughs> so, before we get too far, I'll just recap Troll Hunter. Uh, while investigating reports of illegal poaching, three student filmmakers encounter a man who slays trolls for the Norwegian government. And this is all very hush hush and uh, quite the reveal to the students and the audience. And that's basically, I mean, the movie. I mean, that's as pretty far much as, it. Yeah, you know, plot goes. <laughs> it's much more a, uh, well, I, uh, to me, it was much more of a spectacle. Ah, this is uh, a thing movie more than let's follow these characters type movie. And correct, we'll get into that. But uh, so you, sure. you, you already mentioned how you had already seen this movie. Uh, before, was there anything else you wanted to add? Um, I think it's just notable to point out this is, this is a movie shot in the found footage style, um, most notable made notable by the Blair Witch Project, and which, to be honest, we had all gotten over by 2010, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Uh, it's a a mockumentary. It's a yes. documentary. So, and that's yep. that's actually a thing. If you didn't know, is a, a mockumentary and. Uh, I watched this the first time on the prompting of this question. I hadn't watched it before. And yeah, you know, um, just to kind of get initial reactions out of the way, I thought that uh, it was a really interesting premise. I like the mockumentary genre when it's done well. And I'll talk about an example a little bit later of uh, something that I thought did it really well. Um, but there were just there just wasn't enough for me personally to 
to latch on to. I mean, I liked um, the the po or not the the trolls the troll hunter. I liked him. Hans. Hans. Yep. Yes. And, and 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 I liked some of the troll fights, particularly the last one when it was far away and it was much harder to see the troll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I didn't also think that you know the special. Granted, this is a you know it's an independent low film. budget yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a budget of a bu- budget of three point five million dollars. We should say. So so I think that uh, you know they should have maybe planned a little bit more accordingly with their uh, with their trolls and how they used computers instead of maybe practical effects. I thought that some of the the troll scenes, especially early on in the beginning, uh, looked a little too bubbly. Oh, so, you know, I thought it was funny because even in watching it this, I think, third time for me, I had the thought once again that I didn't think better special effects would necessarily improve this movie at all. Most of the time when we do see trolls close up, well, I mean, we get some just plain old full... I don't want to say full frontal, uh, but full uh, troll shots. But most of the time, it's through some sort of like night vision or something that kind of adds an obscuring layer, which I think hides the the CGI to an extent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even when we don't, I get you know I think I recognize like yes, this could be better. For me, it didn't remove anything from the movie. Um, I do want to mention too. We should mention with all due course that the director is Andre Overdahl, who I do not know any other works of. I'll be honest. <laughs> I would say to um I hope that's not on my end. Um that I think a lot of this movie carries significance if you're Norwegian. So like the main actors Hans and I think Tomas are like well-known comedic actors in Norway, um like really popular and um the trolls are modeled after classic troll art from fairy tales and like some of the the I'll say jokes with air quotes are based on troll lore that's mm-hmm. like really really common and really well known in Norway and I think so maybe there's a little bit of loss in translation not literal translation because it's subtitled but like maybe we as Americans just like don't quite we're not as like ingrained in this troll culture like it's a kind of a big deal over there yeah, um, I figured that out after researching the movie, after I had seen it, and uh, ta- reading about the production and just how how much troll lore was uh, really well woven into the story. Uh, you know, I can say that after the fact, now knowing that. Uh, but should I have to know all that lore to find things funny? Because I didn't really find it funny at all. And uh, when when the whole f- I don't, okay why don't we why don't we get into the question sure sure why don't we di- dive into the question yeah because yeah we can very easily this could just be a podcast where we kind of review movies and talk about whether or not we like them but that's not not this podcast this is the what if podcast so what if Troll Hunter instead of being made by a little Norwegian studio was made by a major U.S. studio. Uh, What changes do we think? uh, How would that make it different, better, worse? Uh, What do we uh, think would be different in that case? What do you guys think? So I don't know, but I'm guessing Josh 
for the first time ever, I think maybe I approached this in a way that you would a little bit. And so I have, I thought about who would direct it. And I thought about maybe some actors who would be in it. And then I thought about kind of like larger story and production issues or changes. Oh, I'm so proud. Um, I know. (laughs) So I don't know if that gives us a framework or if we just want to... I don't know if we want to use it as a framework, just because that's not how I approach the right. question so selfishly. But by all means, why don't you get us started out and tell us about some of the thoughts you had? Okay. So um, I don't really know movie directors all that well. And I don't, I'm just like one of these people who's like, I know actors, but when I'm presented with the task of like thinking of them, I really struggle. But um, director wise, my thought was Edgar Wright who is not an American, but has produced movies for U.S. studios. So this is the the director of Hot Fuzz, mm-hmm. um, Shaun of the Dead, and That'd be an interesting At World's take. End, so that trilogy. He also did Ant-Man and Baby Driver. Um, he did not do Ant-Man. He not was Ant-Man? supposed to do Ant-Man. Supposed, yeah. to, supposed to do Ant-Man, that's right. Anyway, forget Ant-Man, not Ant-Man. But, so he did the, the Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. It's not a trilogy, but those three movies kind of taken together and I think for a movie like this to be a success in the U.S. as Josh pointed out like it would have to be funnier it would have to be more of a comedy mixed in with maybe the monster aspect Mm -hmm. um because I don't think you could make a movie like this and not poke fun at yourself in and have it be successful here I think you're potentially right. And personally, one of the things I like about the movie as it is now is that it's kind of plain. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it almost doesn't do much. Then, um, just for me, tonally, I like how that works. But I kind of like movies where not much happens. Um, but I agree. Yeah, I could definitely see this. Like, if you're going to go down the comedy route, you'd have to, I think, probably for more mass appeal, go down it a little more aggressively. I think so. Um, and so, the kind of the tone of comedy of movies like Hot Fuzz is what I imagine hmm. would need to happen here, but maybe scaled back, like dialed from a 10 down to like a 6 or a 5. And, you know, because like Hot Fuzz is just like wildly absurd mm-hmm. and, and Shaun of the Dead is just like wildly absurd. So you'd have to, I think he'd have to like dial it back Do you a little. still think it'd be in the kind of that found footage mockumentary format? That gets to later down in my kind of production aspect, which we can totally do because I think no, <laughs> because I think America is like sick of that, right? Like I think it's just too entrenched with the Blair Witch Project to like be taken seriously as mm-hmm. a way of filming a movie. Well, and one was Cloverfield. The, yeah, the Cloverfield's Cloverfield. the only other I, one I can yep. think of. That was 2008, right? Yeah, about that. And I f- feel like I, that was one of the last like major. I don't know. Well, there was there was a Paranormal Activity that was. Oh, those movies aren't good though. Really found like <laughs> a lot of them are found footage, but then there was one that was super duper found footage and it didn't do very well at all. Sure. Um, yeah. I think like as America as viewers, I don't think Americans would like put up with that. I don't know. Maybe they would. Jumping off of your director point, um, I don't know. Did you look at production companies at all and be like, oh, I think. No. So take it away. So so (laughs) the production company that I thought of that should do this if if it was going to be Americanized would be Blumhouse Productions. And so the reason why is they they have 
really come out of the woodwork the past four or five years. Uh, they've done these. Um, they do low budget horror films. Oh, okay. Okay, and so some of the ones that they've done most recently and that are more acclaimed are um, Get Out. The okay. Uh, yes, which I have not, have seen, not seen, but, really but we want really to. know we should. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Jordan Peele directed yep. movie. Um, Insidious, The Purge, uh, M. Night Shyamalan Split, Happy Death Day, uh, Upgrade came out this year, um, and The Gift, and also Whiplash. Well, I'm batting zero on right. we don't, the studio. We don't watch a lot of horror movies, so... <laughs> um, and, and they all are very... Well, not all, but the majority of them are all very um, critically acclaimed and an audience revered as well. Um, and so I think sticking with the low budget, I think is what they should do. You know, I think we could very, very easily turn this podcast into, Oh, if it was Americanized, it would be this big Michael Bay produced thing where they're going at the trolls with machine guns and da, 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 da. And, uh, that's how we would do it wrong. Right. right. Yeah, that's the yeah, easy agree. like critique to make and just pile on. Pile on the money. But uh, I, I think that they should keep the mockumentary feel. I, I do like that aspect. The biggest problem that I had with the mockumentary in the movie was the initial framing device and those title cards that you get of, you know, this this is the footage pieced together and then mm-hmm. at the very end spoilers when they're like and nobody ever saw the the students again and it's yeah. like i agree with you that's probably the my least favorite part of the movie is the beginning and end well yeah and especially probably because i like the end scene that they have um with, with the, the little press conference yeah. um which is actually part of that is footage from an actual press conference and then they splice in the the second part of it um i read somewhere i forget where um, so I like that scene, but I agree, especially the opening title cards don't do much. Like if they were not there, it would not negatively affect the movie for me. I mean, I, I like the idea of, you know, I liked the very end when he was running away and they were chasing him and that was actually, uh, an energetic scene to watch. Is he going to get away or not? But then the way of like, um. Uh, well, who found the footage? Obviously, the government is, isn't going to put this together because they want it hidden. And so that part, when you actually like kind of started to think about that, mm-hmm. it started to break down for me. So if you were to do a mockumentary, I would just like for um, the students to do it. Like, this is what we came up with. Uh, sure. sure, just like I make think, the movie. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that would, you know, in a way, help us invest into the students more because uh, I didn't really care about any of them at all and I don't think you're supposed to really like it's not it's not a character development movie right like I don't think you're really supposed to care about them a whole lot that's not what the movie's about to me maybe I'm wrong and, well and I, I think I tend to I tend to agree there just because especially I'm not sure you know in this style if you want this to appear as some students who shot film over like four days or something um I don't know I guess maybe that and maybe that's one of the difficulties of like the found footage genre like you know in a student project these, would we see like character arcs for each of these students 
and again, that's it's difficult because you're like mashing up like the pretend storytelling and the real storytelling happening. Um, but I guess I too was okay with that while conceding. Like I think those are good points, Josh. Yeah. And I do think like if you're gonna make a good movie, then yeah, you probably need some character development and character arc, or just eh. don't have the students visible ever, um, or or just very loosely like. Tomas is in there quite a bit. And That's yet, true. Tomas is in there a lot, and you don't. Um, I guess you don't develop much attachment to Tomas. Yeah, I don't know. It it didn't bug me. <laughs> I think so. I I did not take it at uh, approach this in quite the uh, the list format that you did. Um, but I think one of actually the chief difficulties of if this were a major U.S. Uh, film or a film made by a major U.S. studio is the fact that it would be in English. And I say that only because I think this movie actually gains a lot from being in a different language and subtitled. If you and some of this might just be like problems of translation. But I know for a lot of this movie, if you were to have it dubbed instead of subtitled, there's a lot of this dialogue would just sound absolutely terrible. Um, and again, maybe some of that is translation things, but I think actually the fact that it's in a uh, foreign language in Norwegian and subtitled allows um, allows the dialogue to get away with a lot that otherwise would take me out of the movie. And so I think if this were made in English, that would be one of the uh, chief things that would have to be overcome. Like there'd have to, I think have to be some serious rewrites in just that in just the dialogue area to make me accept what's happening. I will say yeah. I did love just listening them say bear in the very beginning over and over. <laughs> Bjorn, 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 Bjorn. It just Bjorn. sounded, you know, kind of stereotypically Norwegian of like that's a, you know, a word that you hear quite a bit when mm-hmm. you hear people try to talk Norwegian. And so I got a chuckle out of that. Yeah. That yeah. was my well, chuckle. Nor- and Norwegian's a language I just like listening to. So yeah. I found that pleasant. I also think you would really miss out on those really fabulously beautiful scenery shots. I mean, there's some beautiful, and obviously that's just like Norway, but Mm -hmm. they also took a lot of care, it seems, to get some of these really nice sweeping shots of the countryside and and these really cool scenes. And like, you, I I don't know that you would get the same kind of like mystic, mysterious, foggy kind of feeling filmed on a studio in America somewhere. Yep. I mean, you could shoot. You in, can shoot wherever. Uh, I, I feel guess. like half of all movies are shot in like the Vancouver area, yeah. in the British Columbia, Pacific Northwest, etc. But, but I, I still do agree. There is definitely something about the, the Norwegian wilds. And I pose a question to you guys. Like, I think this is a very basic question. Could the movie be about trolls at all? Because of what Ah. I mentioned, like, America not being steeped in troll lore and troll stories, like, would it, would people care? Because, like... I think think under a capable director, you could do it. Uh, Like, Edgar Wright, you know? If you had some of these zippy... uh, Silly, kind of... But comedic, yet informative kind of lines about trolls, you could make it really uh, fun to learn about but also in not even realize that you're getting some of that mythology uh, towards the beginning of the movie. I think sure. I think that exposition could be explained in a fun way. Uh, and I think there would have to be, you know, this movie just throws you into it and it expects you to know a lot of that 
If, right, like if the three Billy goats gruff. Yeah, that was a reference I got. Like, hey, there's three three right. goats on so that the, bridge. Like that one's obvious, but I think there's a lot more throughout the movie that like probably just go over our heads because I mean I think we all know this blood of a Christian man and mm-hmm. you know some of these like more basic things just from fairy tales, but. But yeah, it's like, could this even be a thing? Like, would people even go see it? Well, I, I think that's a legitimate question. Like, would the uh, the premise even, even take fly. off? Yeah, but I think you're right, Josh. Like, there's enough half silly, half serious kind of movies out there based on what really is kind of a dumb premise to probably, if you had the right right production right director right actors yeah you could probably make i mean work. i like this premise a lot and i think that's why the i didn't like the movie as much as i didn't feel like it delivered enough on the premise mm. uh, um because i i i don't know if maybe the mockumentary worked for the premise of the movie f- for this particular film i think that it could work but i just didn't think it worked as well as it could have and I, I can concede um, that the, for sure. The, the, and, and I think part of it might be because like a couple days before I watched this movie, I watched a movie called What We Do in the Shadows. And so I had previously asked you guys if you had watched this before we recorded mm-hmm. it. But What We Do in the Shadows is another mockumentary. And it's a New Zealand independent film. Mm. And it's directed by uh, Taike Watiti who's the guy who directed yeah, the Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah, and and he stars in it, and also the co-director stars in it as well. And what the movie is about, it's about these four vampires who are just living life. And so, like, this documentary crew comes in, and it's, it's very much sort of like The Office, where they talk directly to the camera a lot mm-hmm. of the time. But then it's just like, it explains what life is really realistically like, well real air fingers uh realistically like uh for for vampires in the 21st century and all the things that they have to navigate through um you know like there's how uh you know uh, drinking somebody's butt blood isn't as glamorous as it is in the movies like the one guy lays (laughs) newspapers down in their apartment that they rent because they don't want to get blood all over the place and and their I feel, dishes I are piled seeing... high because they're like, well, vampires don't do dishes, and the dishes are all bloody. And uh, <laughs> I so... remember seeing promos for this actually. It looked uh, looked interesting to me then. So yeah, we'll have to, we'll to seek this it. out. Yeah. So, uh, and my point with that is, I just think like I think that's a better mockumentary. And so, you know, seeing that in the same genre as this, I just thought that this could have handled it a little bit better. I, I by no means think this is a perfect movie. I think it's strengths, like Bryce kind of said, the fact that it's subtitled, I think somehow lends it just like this quaint, adorable little quality. I think the fact that it's really low budget, which I think if you made it again here for Americans, you would have to keep just that feel, if not actually low budget, make it feel like a low budget movie mm-hmm. kind of. Um and there's just something like it knows what it is in a way I that I really charming. appreciate. This is a charming yeah, film. It's like it's just cute in a weird way. I don't know how to describe. But you I, know what? Oh, go ahead. Oh, the U.S. version of this film that I would potentially want to see would actually be one directed by the What If Movie Pod's favorite director, I think, uh, Denny. 
Yeah, Denny Villeneuve. <laughs> we'll we'll just butcher his name each I know. time. It's always bad. But so I imagine a lot of the shots um, from Arrival. And so if you actually made this film with kind of a similar like um, spectacular things, but approached almost mundanely feel, sure. not the mockumentary style, but still on the this mundane approach to spectacular things, which we kind of have in Arrival. And made this film almost with that attitude. Uh, I could see that being a really, uh, really excellent U.S. version of this film in the capable hands of Denny. I would, I would see that film. Yeah, I, I think that uh, he can bring that sort of scope to. You know, one of the things I did like in this movie was the 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 end where he fights the last troll Mm -hmm. it it very much felt like the video game shadow the colossus yes the (laughs) troll just looked really great and and that battle sequence just that really worked for me it's funny bryce because you said you know i don't really that you said that you don't you don't mind slower movies or movies where not much happens Mm -hmm. and and i'd agree except that if if not much is going to happen then i want more characters that i can latch on to like like I, I'm gonna bring up what we did in the shadows again. Not much happens in that movie. It is, but I remember all of those characters super distinctly, and they all are unique. And you know, I, I yes, I remember you know images from this movie, uh, but it's very much more uh, for me aesthetically uh, more interesting than it is narratively more interesting. That's fair. That's fair, and, uh, yeah. and I would agree that the only character really to be interested in is in Hans. this movie is Hans. He's fun. And I, I just love that, like after this troll encounter, we see him like in the restaurant with his little glasses Doing on, his filling paperwork. out his troll paperwork. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think there's something. I maybe it's just because he's Norwegian, and I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I just find him. Like, he's the cool grandpa I want. <laughs> right. He's the cool grandpa I desire to be. Well, yeah. And maybe, you know, I'll lead into one of your next points, Hannah, is maybe part of that might be that all of these actors were unknown to me. Sure. And so I couldn't bring any any of my um, preconceived notions about any of the actors or what they had previously done. So maybe if you had some actor recommendations for the Americanized version, maybe that would help with with the American version of this movie. Sure. Well, my I didn't get very far because, like I said, I'm not very good at this. My number one pick for Hans would actually be Jeff Bridges. Okay. (laughs) Because I think Jeff Bridges is like... We see him as a villain most of the time. Like, he plays these really rough and tough kind of, a lot of times, bad guys, or at least, like, not very... we see him as a villain most of the time? Villain. Villain's not the right word, but maybe, like, not super likable characters a lot of the times, or just, like... Anti-hero. Anti-hero. That's a better word than villain. Yes, not a villain. But, yeah, just kind of, like, this, you know, super rough and tough, which I think you need the rough and tough, but Mm -hmm. I also think Jeff Bridges is hilarious. Like, he's just a funny, funny person, and I would be super excited to see that come out in a, what I think would have to be more comedic version of this movie. But he can really do, like, the understated Understated, right. Like The Office, like um, Best in Show, that kind of, like, 
I, I was actually going to bring up The Office as an example of mockumentary style that ends up just kind of falling apart when well, you bring attention to the mockumentary. But. First of all, there were too many seasons, and I don't think it's fair to judge that. Like, it went too long, so I don't know. Right, which, which I guess is not the conversation we're, no. we're having here. But I think that's very much an example. Like, when they start pointed, pointing out the fact that it was a yeah. mockumentary, much like the kind of title cards in this movie at the end of the office when they start trying to make sense of how this footage was gathered it falls apart yeah Um, i would agree but i think something like best in show to me is like a good vert a good example of a comedic mm -hmm. mockumentary style um that i really enjoy so that kind of humor that like really understated like and not that best in show is understated by any means like it's ridiculous i understand that but i think jeff bridges would just be like an awesome troll hunter dude and i think that's fabulous my second choice was actually maybe someone like sean bean um i just think he could probably do it and he's pretty tough though well that's what i was like it might be a chance for sean bean to be in a movie and not die (laughs) at the end i don't I Can, think his contract stipulates that he, that he must die. die. I, I, that know, was like actually, what I, I was thinking about. I thought that Hans was going to die when I first, well, the only time And we I don't know, I, I guess it, he might have. And when he goes, the road's back that way, I kind of got the idea at first, like, he's going to go sacrifice this himself. troll and, yeah, potentially die too. And so he won't really see them again. But no, he just kind of walks the other way when he's done. I know. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. Which I love, actually. I, just, I do, too. I, just I love really that. Like it's like walking away. So, yeah, Sean Bean would be kind of my number two, but I really think Jeff Bridges is, like, a solid I'm super choice. looking forward to Sean Bean's, like, old guy career. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then I, I also think the character of Finn, so this is the government guy, that's a really important role, and I think you'd have to maybe play that up a little bit as a narrative thing, right? This conflict between the students and the government and Hans, too, like wanting, you know, feeling undervalued and underpaid and all this. So I think you would have to have a good actor for Finn, and I couldn't get there. I know who you need. Who is it? Um, Martin Freeman. Martin Short. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Freeman, yes. Not Martin Short. The guy who plays the government guy in Black Panther. Okay, okay are yes. we typecasting Martin Freeman at this right. point? Right, is he just the government guy? I think he's the government guy you need in this case. But maybe he's a little too likable for that, actually, for Finn. He'd the, have to be Finn. kind of, and yeah, I think he so needs to not. be, like, sort of frumpy and, like, you know, I don't know, like, not very endearing oh, at all. You know who I... Go ahead and keep talking. I'm going to see if I can find who I'm thinking of. Well, that's a lot of pressure. I know. I couldn't come up with anybody for, like, the students because I don't really know young actors. So, yep. Well, um, unlike Josh said, they give you fairly little to, yeah. to go on there. And I think it would be nice to have some unfamiliar faces, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think having maybe one or two big names for some of the characters, but, like, giving some kind of unknown young, young actors a shot could be a good opportunity nice. for this. Yeah, exactly. I think this movie would work really well for a, a Bill Murray cameo. Ooh, oh, absolutely. Always. There is As always a troll, room. if possible. As a troll. <laughs> Maybe one of the trolls that eats uh, the cameraman. I don't yeah, know. yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, Bill Murray could be a cameo in right? every movie. I feel like every movie is so... <laughs> They should stop calling maybe, them movies. Maybe he's dressed up as a troll. He's like the only one who knows. And Hans kills him. And he's like, no, I'm not really a troll. I'm not really a troll. <laughs> and just pull a zombie land but with as a troll. <sighs> yep. I'm down for it. I'd be open to that. Which, yeah, yeah if, if Edgar Wright directed. I, mean, I think be it could happen. Not unprecedented. Exactly. 
And I mean, if Edgar Wright directs it, does Simon Pegg have to be in the movie? Like, is that, is well, that know, a, Simon a Pegg has done a lot thing? of work in the past in different sorts of prosthetics. So there you go. I think he, he could done. potentially pull off a fin, but my worry was, would be that it'd be too silly. Like, that character, I think, needs to be kind of serious. In I a, think Simon Pegg can actually... I don't think he's called on to do it a lot, but I think, I think he, he can, can do that, the more understated yeah. um, in the background. Um, especially now, since he's close to entering the beginning of old guy career. Sorry, Simon Pegg. I love you, okay, Simon. I think um, Ray Fiennes... Could be Finn. Ray Fiennes. Jog my memory Fiennes. on Ray Fiennes. He's uh he's Voldemort. Oh. oh. Yeah. All I can see is noseless Voldemort was though. M in the new James Bond movies. If okay. You watch okay. Those. Yeah. 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 Um, yep. And then in Schindler's yeah. List. I can see that. Yep. Because he's swarmy and. Yeah, and you need someone kind of slimy and weird and mm-hmm. not too weird, obviously, so like still a person, but <laughs> <laughs> you need to be not not a person. Right. I you know, and on continuing on your this kind of vein of maybe having um uh Edgar Wright direct, I can there's so many opportunities in this movie for those signature Edgar, Edgar Wright shots of uh prep, those preparation shots yes. where it's these Fast, quick short quick. shots which would not work if you're doing a, a found footage thing yeah, yeah the mockumentary but if you're doing it in any other way there's so many opportunities in here especially like on the the scene in the bridge with the yeah. three billy goats like putting fun on the armor filmography. Although, lot, yeah I, I will say that I think it would be like another layer of funny if if it was a mockumentary and you had those cuts, like those students were the ones who did <laughs> they those were, cuts. They did the cuts. Because <laughs> they're trying to make... Oh. Right. Ooh, that's oh, getting real okay. deep. I don't know. Are we but, getting too many layers well, on this onion? So, so if you lean into the mockumentary aspect and the kind of the student film aspect of it, um, that's maybe the other layer that you need in order to make this premise um, kind of digestible for... I'm a non-Norwegian Because it's audience. an assignment, and so they have certain... Well, right, so you cast the movie not just as, like, ooh, you know, troll lore, but also as, like, troll lore and almost, like, making fun of some film school kind sure. of things. I assume What if it was f- all black and white? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I assume there are film school, like, things Tropes. you can make fun of. I've never been to film school. Yeah, I bet there are. I bet there are. But, yeah, I could say, see that being kind of the... Um, additional angle that maybe yeah. uh, creates the appeal for this movie. And I think I would hate to see, and maybe it's just because I like the movie kind of as it is, I would kind of hate to see that mockumentary found footage style go away because I think you would really lose something. I don't know what. A, a verve. <laughs> a je ne sais quoi. What's Norwegian for je ne sais quoi? For, yeah, I don't know. Um, so I think Beyond. you'd really... Yeah, Bjorn, Bjorn. a certain Bjorn. So I think you're kind of right that you would have to really lean into it. Like you'd have to make a statement with it, not just, oh, this is another found footage movie, but like we're making fun of found footage movies in a way. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would be hard to do. That's I don't know. I don't know how you do it right, but I don't know. You do it Edgar right. You do it Edgar right. So, Edgar, if you're listening, please give it a shot. We want to see your movie. Or or if we just want to kind of go absurd, Edgar Wright, have Nick Frost be Hans. <laughs> there you go. Whew, that'd I be going know. full Edgar Wright. That's pretty... 
it's pretty far for me. I don't know if I can Is get that there. Too, much, too far. I think it's too much. Uh, I don't. I mean, obviously, I thought that it needed to go funnier to be a success here but i suppose you could just go straight up kind of like monster movie like josh was saying with his production companies you know these kind of like horror films but with that are trolls like scary enough to do that i don't know and that and that's the thing i think that like this movie to a certain extent has to lean on the charm of the absurdity of its premise no matter what like no matter what country you're in sure yeah i think that if you were gonna just go horror maybe lessen the environmental statement at the begin where they're all about trying to catch these poachers poachers and maybe the trolls are just straight up eating people instead of animals sure if then you were going all right sorry oh. just had a, just had a thought just got to share um if you're going to like lean into the american version of this movie and unsure if trolls could work you could do yeti uh, no uh. not not yeti um wendigo Wendigo. The Wendigo. What is a Wendigo? Yes, um, everybody knows the lore about. Clearly, that. we all know what okay, Wendigos you, are. You weirdo. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure of the uh, the origin. I think they're at least in some part uh, based Algonquin. in some Native American. Okay, Algonquin. Or Algonquin. Tales. Okay, I thought I thought they were based in some Native American lore, um, but I know at least at whether originally or at some point they actually gained people who. Um, resort to eating the flesh of other human beings turn into Wendigo, which are these horrifying, like, um, furry, almost Yeti-like creatures, but with massive claws and teeth. All right, I'm down. And so I think if you're going to put, like, an explicitly um, American. American spin on this and still lean into some of that lore, I think you could do that with the Wendigo. And if That'd you're, give you a good premise, too, like people disappearing. Well, right. Yeah. You could even You could do a whole, like, Donner Pass yeah. kind of thing. Um, and then if you, and that would lend itself maybe better than trolls since they've been kind of infantilized, um, mm-hmm. by now, um, you could potentially lean into that cannibalism aspect to really go full monster movie with this. Uh, I can, maybe um, we need two movies. Maybe. I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways you could do this. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be a picture. movie I would see. Yeah. And, and to my knowledge, we've not had a, um, a good Wendigo movie ever, ever actually the, one second, I have a book down here that has a, a artist's of rendition course. of a Wendigo. Of course he does. Uh, maybe tread lightly, though. You know, I don't, you know, uh, Native American lore, you know, tread lightly. You would need I'd to do say. it right. You would need to, like, actually talk to some Native people about their lore, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the sort of thing that, yeah, I, I, I too would have that caution. I don't know if, um, obviously... We as Americans, and perhaps especially as Hollywood, have never been good at doing anything remotely respectfully to Native, um, to and about so Native Americans. So we're overdue. Then now's the time. Somebody maybe, get on it. Maybe so. I don't know if this is this the, may not the be the movie, but ooh, yeah, they're pretty creepy. It's like it looks like um, like a land version of the. I don't know. Swamp thing? Black Lagoon? Yeah, Creature from the Black Lagoon. That one. It looks like a land version of that. Well, scarier, I promise. (laughs) Well, yeah, but like, I don't know. That's what it made me think of. Yeah, so maybe a possible version of the U.S. version of this movie is Wendigo Hunter. I feel like, though, we run into the same problem of, like, people are not going to know the lore. Like, that's, you'd have to do some uh, some explaining. Marketing, man. (laughs) 
<laughs> but right, you're you're right in that you would not, regardless of how um, sensitively and successfully you're able to uh, treat the the lore in some authentic state, um, you're not really able to lean into that cultural cachet of understanding. No, definitely not. Yeah, and yeah, the last thing we need is to like make a mockery of Native American lore and culture. We've done enough I of that know, already. Than, yeah. 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 Well, now that we're done with that wildly offensive sequence that we just edited out, <laughs> uh, Josh, I feel like we've been leaning mostly on my and Hannah's original ideas. Did you, I don't want to make the question sound like, do you have anything to contribute? But <laughs> I, I just want to make sure you have a chance to articulate some of the thoughts that you had aside from just not liking this movie. I will say that also that um, what we do in the shadows is getting an Americanized treatment. So, like I said, this was a New Zealand independent film, and and this is an example of another country's film getting an American treatment. Um, in this case, it's going to be a show on FX, and <laughs> and FX has already admitted that it's going to be quote bigger. Bigger. bigger yeah and it's, whatever it's, that means so so they're the in the movie they, it takes place in new zealand uh and then they're moving it to to new york and so they're gonna have to navigate new york and i i i think that's an example of of where we would have to be cautious to bring this over to an american studios because they're just going to do what we said would be the easy way out of saying, oh, it's just going to be all CG and mm-hmm. they're going to go the action route or they're going to at least go the more popular film route. Um, but right. I think, I think that is, you know, something that is real, that really happens, is that they just decide, well, we're not sure if we want to, you know, do something unique let's just play it safe and play it towards the the four quadrants and make sure everybody likes it enough i'm yeah. sorry the four quadrants uh so so a four quadrant movie is a movie that uh um accessible to um men and women under 25 uh, i think it's 25 or th- it's either 25 or 35 and then men and women over 35 or 25 around there so those mm. are the, the four quadrants oh. is men over a certain age women over a certain age men under a certain age women under a certain age so and a four everybody movie hits yep everybody gotcha have you thought about getting people to record this podcast with you who actually know no stuff movies. about movies <laughs> i mean i hope you don't but <laughs> uh, that's right i'm here to represent the common man exactly and I, the common woman. And you, the common woman. <laughs> the two-quadrant strategy. Yes, the man Co- and woman under 30. <laughs> Not who, much. Who doesn't know much. <laughs> oh, you're being too hard on yourselves. <laughs> uh, Hannah, did you have anything else there? I see you have like a whole page of production notes. I mean, I have big handwriting and there's a lot of white space. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> No, but I I agree with Josh, especially on the kind of budget aspect and like the easy way to do it would just be kind of to throw money and explosions at it and really good CGI. And like, I just I don't think that would be the right thing to do. That's that's the wrong way to make a movie, I Mm -hmm. think, um, adapted for an American audience. Like, I think uh, movies like that just say 
to me, the viewer, like we as a studio don't think you're intelligent enough to watch a real movie. So well, here, watch some guns. And that's part of the thing I like about a movie that does the premise of which does not have like this enormously broad appeal um, is that um, because, you know, like on its own, it doesn't it isn't necessarily going to be that. I know that automatic big money maker. Like I feel it does enable that much more. Uh, playfulness, and I will use the word again, charm. I agree. Charming, charming little movie. Not perfect by any means. It's not like a, whoa, that was so good kind of movie. Mm-hmm. But I think it's totally worth a little a little jaunty watch. And it made me want to visit Norway just I for know. those shots out the car window. So pretty. So pretty. But yeah, I agree that you got to kind of keep it in the indie film world to I think make it work Um, and not to say that it couldn't be a larger production studio but I think you just need that feel that small movie low budget kind of feel um, to really make it successful because yeah otherwise I think you're just kind of taking the easy way out and it wouldn't be any good any final thoughts Wendigo man just that I'm excited about the possibility of a Wendigo movie now I will be doing a little more research into the the lore of the Wendigo uh, to find out whether or not we've just uh, uh, totally colonized uh, that idea, or if there is um, is something some subject matter there that we can treat with some respect. But I will report back in the future with what I find um, and let you know about the status of my screenplay. Sounds great, uh, Wendigo Hunter, <laughs> or Wendigo Hunted. So that's what we think about What If Troll Hunter was made in America here by a a U.S. studio. If you've seen the movie, definitely tell us what you think on the social media. If you haven't seen the movie, then go watch it. It's on Netflix. And then tell us what you think on the social media. And the social media is what, Josh? Well, you can go to Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash whatifmoviepod. Or you can go to Twitter and... Which is at whatifmoviepod. And tweet us there. Uh, or you can go on our website, whatifmoviepod.com. Because we have a website. Woo! But until then, and after then, and during then, I'm Bryce, and I think Troll Hunter is just a swell little movie. I'm Hannah, and, and so do I. But I also can see what Josh is saying about it. Uh, and I'm Josh, and uh, yeah, you know, I thought this was uh, a movie. Oh, go watch Prometheus again. <laughs> uh, you know, but before we sign off, what, just for kicks, why don't we go ahead and tell the listeners what they can expect from Hannah next time? That oh, is, yeah, that's, that's right. Usually that's what usually we what we do yeah. first. Whoops. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so next time, um, I actually thought of this, I think, before... Mm, I don't know when I thought of this. It's related. It's not because of this... This is a good story. I know. This is real good. Okay. So, we were watching uh, Van Helsing, which (laughs) in all argument is not a good movie, but the one good part of that movie, I think, is the portrayal of Frankenstein, and it got me thinking, what if we made a good Frankenstein movie? Ah. Because I can't think of one other than Young Frankenstein, which I'm not sure counts. In which Frankenstein was portrayed by the same, same guy actor, as yeah. in Van Helsing. But so, what if, what if we, the world, made a good Frankenstein movie? It'll be a pre-Halloween Ooh. Halloween episode. 
Oh, well, that means we're going to have to hurry up and get these episodes out. I guess so. Huh. <laughs> or you can release it around Halloween. I don't know. I don't know what. Seasonal. Yeah. Whatever. So, yeah. I what guess, if, I guess we still have a, a month and a half. Yeah. We got, we got time. We're a ways. So, right. yeah. What if we made a good good Frankenstein movie? All right. We don't just get to criticize something else. We have to be creative and yeah, clever. Exactly. All right. Well, if you look forward to listening to us talk about something or having us do something completely different and actually have to have our own ideas about things. Tune in listen. then. Yeah. <laughs> Keep keep coming back for more good stuff. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>